0: just welcome you to come in and have a seat and we'll start singing You to just remain standing and we are gonna read through the call to worship. Consider yourself the people and the all. God, our gentle shepherd, you have chosen us by name. Lead us, your children, by the still waters. God, our gentle shepherd, your rod and staff bring comfort. Guide us, your people, through the darkest clouds. God, Our gentle shepherd, you have prepared a great table.
1: Restore us, your church, with goodness and mercy.
0: In the scouting around of uh, looking for uh, Psalm 23, this was um, popped up in one of the uh, readbacks. So just really appreciate um, other people's writings that we can access as well. Please join me in prayer. God, I thank you for your presence here. I thank you that we will be able to um, worship in song, in, in being here together, in, in being able to give of our time in that way, and also being able to listen. God, I pray for your hand to be on Cassie even as we sing through the next songs. God, that you would anoint her with the words you have her to say. Amen. can have a seat and we will sing one more song this song is in this group's music library we do not remember that we have ever sang it but it is in the library so therefore we have so (laughs) um, it may sound new to you but um, it was written in 1995 so it's been around for a little bit so join us as you as you'd like Thank you. your heads as we pray for the offering. God, you are the giver of all, uh, more than we can even understand. As we give our offerings of money and time, God, use those for your honor and glory. I'll invite the worship team to uh, go and find their seats. I thank you. Thank you, each one of them. They're a pretty amazing group. so I invite you to turn to Psalm 23, and we'll be reading together in the NIV. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul, and he guides me along the right paths for his name's sake.
2: Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're excited to be here together, and uh, we just want to make a hearty welcome to all our visitors and, and those who regularly attend alike. We are glad to be together. Uh, take your bulletins. We're going to go through some announcements before we dismiss the Kids for Children's Church. Uh, so we'll go through the announcements quick. Um, today at 7 p.m., Music with Wayne Unron, Eastside Choir, and Brandon in support of Turtle Mountain Bible Camp. Um, did you want to come up now, Russell, and talk about the ride situation? All right. Uh,
3: so for anybody that put their name down on the, on the back there, uh, we're going to be having rides. We're going to be leaving from McGregor at 430 and uh, the hope is is that then we can get there, we can all have a meal, and then start the concert at 7 p.m. prompt. It will be a great time. Uh, I'll come by your house with a, a car to pick you up if you put your name down on there. So look forward to that. It's going to be a good evening.
2: Thanks, Russell, and thanks for organizing ride situations. Um, we just pray that it's a good evening for the, for the group and for Wayne and for the camp as well. Tuesday, this week, 7.30, celebration of willing helpers here at the church. Um, So if that applies to you, come on out. Wednesday, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, prayer meeting at the church. Thursday, uh, 7.30 to 9.30 is Girls Bible Study at Bethany's. And the next weekend list is there as well. Were there any announcements that were... I guess we'll go on to announcements first and then... uh, um, April 29th, 2 p.m., baby shower for Rihanna and Carlos Herrera at the church here. Rihanna is the daughter to Tracy and Garnet, in case you don't know. Um, May 7th, potluck, following the church service. And also on May 7th in the evening is the choral music with Bruce Moore here at the church with snacks to follow. And May 9th, there's a congregational meeting at the church here for all who are able to attend. Um, Come on out and hear what's going on. Were there any announcements that were missed? All right, we'll go into a per time of prayer. Um, want to remember to pray for Michelle Bartel's family. Um, the funeral is this afternoon. And, uh, yeah, so we just want to remember Henry and Agnes and her folks and her family uh, and friends. Community. The community hurts when somebody when somebody passes away, and we just uh, want to pray that somehow through all of this, God brings some measure of peace and joy, uh, and also brings his word to the people, to the family. And also, Anne Newfeld and David Hildefriesen, um following the passing of their brother-in-law, Henry Wheeler, the funeral is on this coming Saturday, so, uh, it was on Saturday, oh, okay, so the funeral was yesterday, so. We just want to, um, yeah, just remember to pray for them as well. We know that, that loss is a part of life, but it is also a hard part of life. And as a church and a community and a family, we can uh, do what we can to, to uh, make things better. I'm just going to go into a time of prayer, uh, just pray for this, and we will uh, carry on with uh, Cass coming and sharing with us. Lord, we just come before you, and we uh, want to thank you, God, for the people that you have brought into our lives. We want to thank you for our friends and our family, and Lord, we know that um, in the past week or over the, the past few weeks and in the days to come, many, uh, many people are hurting over the loss of someone that they loved and cared for, and Lord, so we just pray that your peace would, would be a part of their, their healing, that their, your joy would be a part of their healing and their processing. Lord, we pray that you would make your word known and if there is uh, opportunities uh, for your word to be shared throughout uh, the getting togethers, the the celebrations and the the morning, we pray God that your word would be shared in a powerful way. Lord, we just want to continue to pray for our church and we just thank you for each one here today and we pray that uh, your word would be shared, that we would worship you freely and wholly. And God, we just pray that you are honored and glorified today. Amen. And kids, we're going to pray for you, and then you can be dismissed to Children's Church. That way, that way. You can follow Mrs. Murray as she goes out. God, we thank you for our kids. Uh, we just thank you for the life and the enthusiasm and the joy that they bring. And we pray that as we have opportunities to share your word, your truth with them, that uh, your word would sink in, that it would just take root in their hearts, and we just want to thank you for the, uh, the challenge that these kids can be to us as we see them soak up your word and just listen to you and believe and trust. God, we pray that we would have, uh, in some ways, hearts and minds of little children as we hear your word. Amen. Thank you.
3: So Cassie's going to come on up while I introduce her. We're so happy that she's here. She's our local Youth for Christ worker. Uh, you know how last Sunday, Josh Duick said that he was a Cree missionary to the Mennonites. And I'm going to say that Cassie is a, a missionary sent from Grunthal to McGregor. <laughs> yeah. And she's been here quite a few years already and is a very stable and uh, faithful presence in the high school and in other places in the community. So God bless you as you speak. Thank you.
4: Hello. How are you guys doing? Very responsive. Great. Cool. I'm Cassie. Um, I've been in McGregor now for almost a decade. Oh, my goodness. It's been nine years. Yeah, nine years. Wow. And I will first be doing a bit of a ministry update. This will just be like a slideshow kind of running through the background as I talk. I might reference it a bit, but we'll see if I figure this out properly for it to repeat. might just have to press play every few seconds. But um, So first off on here, if it shows up right away, is our mission statement. This is what McGregor and Area YFC has for our mission statement, that we want to see every young person and their community changed by God's love. Or was it the living fully in Christ? I don't know. We have both of them. We've got multiple, but... They both are really important to us at YFC and myself as well. So this past year, um, a lot has happened. Also, a lot hasn't happened. It's been an interesting year. We have come back from a lot of the restrictions and stuff, and so we've kind of come back into a quote-unquote normal space within ministry, and it looks like a lot of chaos and fun times and kids literally launching themselves off a picnic table into snow because why not? Um, But it's also come with a lot of challenges because now that things have gone back to what we consider normal, for those who are younger and who haven't lived as long, that three years is a lot bigger chunk of their lives, it's been very strange. They are having an interesting time coming back into a space where They want to be around a lot of people. There's a lot of them who are uncertain about being in groups of people, who are uncertain about going to events and that kind of stuff. But it's been really cool too because we've still been able to connect, whether it's in the high schools or. um, It's been great because we've also been able to connect in places like the high schools and we still drop in. Our high school drop in has about five to 10 students regularly, more like the five. Sometimes we get 10, that's a great night. They're great anyways, it's just a fuller night when we have 10. Um, But our junior high drop-in has been getting 20 to 35 consistently. It is chaos, and I am really glad that I have a new coworker this year who gets to run that, and I don't have to. (laughs) Because 30 grade five to eights is a lot of chaos. It's great, but it's a lot. Um, It's been really cool to just see how also, like, Tyson and I We've technically been co-workers for the past five years, but he was working at a portage, which is our head chapter, and I've been working in McGregor. And it's been really cool to see how we were able to adjust into a new kind of co-worker role and be able to encourage each other's ministries as well. Um, Also, this last year we had over 100 individual students. I don't remember the exact number, but I'd say that's a pretty decent amount for a year that wasn't fully without restrictions, so that was really cool to see that many just coming and hanging out and wanting to, wanting to spend more time getting to know us and then in turn hearing about God through that. Um, Another thing that's not direct frontline ministry related, but um, is still ministry related, last October was seven years with YFC for me, so I will be taking a sabbatical this coming, Anyways, um, I will be taking a sabbatical this coming summer for three months. So I will be gone from July till the end of September. So if any of you need to contact me, I won't really be responding during those three months. But I am really grateful for all the support that I've had from this church community, as well as just the community here in general, over the past seven years at YFC. And it's just been, yeah, it's been really cool to see the growth and change within the community, as well as within the students. But yeah, um, if you guys want to know more about the ministry sides of things, you can come talk to me after, but I also am doing the sermon today, and I don't want to stand up here for 40 minutes talking, so we're going to get into that part. Um, as Charlene's already read a couple of times today, Psalm 23, I'm guessing most of you have figured out that's, that's where we're going today. It's a passage that we've all heard way more times than we can count in our lives. It's a beautiful passage. It's a passage that some of us may only realize small parts of because we hear it at funerals or at certain kinds of celebrations, but we often don't take the time to just reread the passages that we hear talked about at church. So one of the aspects of today that I really wanted to bring was reading this passage a number of times. Doesn't mean I'm just going to stand up here for, you know, 10 minutes just reading Psalms, but I do think there's something beautiful to be said about reading the words that have been written in scripture by different people that we can can learn from, that, that are an encouragement to us, that are a balm for our weary souls, that are a joy for our souls, that are conviction as well, but also comfort and help and guidance. And so I'm going to start with reading the scriptures again and I would encourage you guys if you want to follow along you are welcome to right now I'll be reading from the NLT but also just just think on the words just hold those words in your minds and in your hearts. Psalm 23. A psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Before we go further, I'm just going to take a moment and talk to God. Lord, You are our comfort. You are our peace. You are our strength and our joy. You protect us, and we do not have to be afraid. You fill us up in every way that we need. And I just ask that you would be the one speaking today, that we would hear, that we really hear you. Spirit, speak to our hearts. Let us see what you see. Let us love what you love. Let us hear what you hear. Pray this in your name. Amen. So I've been reading this passage multiple times over the last couple weeks. It's just been one of those that has constantly come up in different situations. And every time I read it, I learn something new. Oftentimes we say that we can learn something new every time we read scripture, but a lot of times for myself, if I reread a passage that I've heard or read a ton of times, I'm not usually getting a ton new out of it. The fact that literally every time I have reread this passage, I have been shown something new by the Spirit is just so amazing. I'm going to read a few of the points or explain a few of the points that I have seen, that I have learned. But I also want you guys to think on the points that you have learned and that you see, that are new, that you haven't noticed in this passage before, that are things that maybe you just didn't realize were in there or you forgot were in there. Or maybe this is the first time you've read or heard this passage and it's all new to you. And that's beautiful too. In the NLT, like I've read this in many versions, but in the NLT, I really love how the first verse is written. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. I grew up hearing it in the NKJV, which is, I shall not want, which is beautiful, too. But for me, I shall not want always felt like something that I had to do, that it relied on me, that it was my strength, that I had to force myself not to want, whereas the NLT and then NIV, I have all that I need and I lack nothing. It's, it's focused on God. God is the one who provides. It's not about how much I work to get this. It's not about how much I push to be closer to God so that I have all that I need. He's already given it to us. It's just whether or not we accept it, whether or not we reach out and grab it. But It's, it's not on my will which is great because my will, I fail. I suck at it most days, having a strong will. I mean, I'd say a lot of us probably have been in that place too in life. And I'm really glad that it's not about me, that the Spirit is actually the one changing me and it's not my effort. It's not my effort to have all the peace that I need or just the strength that I need for situations, but rather it's it's God having that in me. Verse 2 goes on to say that, at least in the NLT, he lets me rest in green meadows. So he takes us and brings us to this place where we can have peace and allows us to rest. It's not he forces me to sit down and try to rest. It's, it's still an option. We get to choose, right? We're not forced to be in relationship with God. That's a choice we get to make. And therefore, being a choice, it's something that we do out of love rather than out of you know, being ordered to do it. A lot of times, when we're ordered to do things by someone, whether it's a teacher, a parent, whatever, any kind of authority, our natural tendency is to balk against it, is to be like, nope, I want to be in control. And yet, here it says that God just lets us rest. He brings us there and then lets us rest. And for me, that is just so encouraging because. He wants to give us that space, that space of peace, and that space of comfort. So he's brought us there, and now he's saying, you can rest, let it go. I mean, we read other scriptures where it says that he'll take on our burdens, and that we just need to give them to him. And I just, this is just a very poetic way of that being said, and I just, I love David. He's so great at poetry. I'm not great at it, but I love reading his poetry. verse 1 as well to go back there I was reading Spurgeon's sermon on this because I enjoy his sermons they're a little wordy and old school but he also makes some good points and he just brought up the point of where David says the Lord is my shepherd David doesn't say the Lord is the shepherd of the world the Lord is you know our shepherd as Jerusalem or the kingdom of God David just says, the Lord is my shepherd. He's focusing on the intimate relationship that we have with God. That it's not just, you know, that God isn't just for the entire world, but he's for each individual as well. I think the intimate relationship we have with God is such a beautiful, beautiful thing. I mean, we see it in the Garden of Eden as well, where God has this relationship with Adam and Eve and he just walks with them. He just spends time with them. And as much as we don't have the same relationship they had then, we still have the spirit to have that relationship with all the time. That we are are the temple place for the spirit. So God is with us. God is always with us. I know that sounds very cliche and we've heard that our entire lives. But sometimes we need to be reminded. He's here with us and he is our shepherd. He's the one guiding us, each of us individually. Yes, as a church as a whole as well, but he's guiding me, he's guiding you, he's guiding the person sitting next to you, He's guiding people that you probably don't even like as well. He's guiding every single person who has chosen to have a relationship with him and to give their lives to him. Does that mean that every day we heed his word and we actually follow where he's guiding? No, that's on us. It is our job to choose to follow him every day. That is something we can decide on, and sometimes we decide not to. And that is a place where we just then have to continue and turn back. And I find reading over things that you've already been taught to be a really helpful place to do that. So rereading scripture. In verse 4, it says in the NLT, even though I walk through the darkest valley, the NIV was something very similar of darker, Darkest Valley or something like that, Dark Valley. But that's also referred to with an asterisk in every version that I read as the sh- Valley of the Shadow of Death. Right? That's the term we've all heard. We hear that at like almost every funeral. It's a beautiful statement. Even though I walk through the Valley of the Shadow of Death, I will fear no evil. What I want to bring out here, what God showed me in particular about this, I'm like, I've heard this verse a lot in my life. What I didn't notice ever until this last week was David said, even though I walk, not even though I run through the valley, he's not like afraid of this valley and trying to get out of it. He's just walking in it, knowing that God is there with him, just in peace and comfort and just, right? Like he says that God is his protector and his comforter in this. He's just walking there with him. He's not, he literally is not afraid. He's not afraid of it. And it's just just such a parallel to me of walking in the garden with God. A reminder that one day we get to do that again. That we don't need to be running through life, that we can walk through life even in the hard times, in the scary times. We don't need to run from it or try to run through it. It really sucks to sit in uncomfortable and in grief and things like that. But so often, if we take our time, if we slow down and we walk with the Lord, that's when he teaches us so much. It's hard. It's not fun. It's not something any of us generally, instinctively wants to do. But I think it's so important to just walk through those hard times with God instead of trying to run through them headfirst and to just get away from them and everything's fine. One thing that this has taught me Lately, is that within our culture, when we meet someone on the street, we're like, Oh, how are you? And we're like, Oh, I'm fine, you fine, yeah, or good, whatever your word of choice is there. You have an you have an answer, and it's the same answer every time, even if it's true or not. Because we so desperately do not want to not be good. Now I'm not saying go tell some random stranger you've never met on the street your entire life story. You can if you want. If God is calling you to that, great. Well, it's not like you have to go and grieve with somebody you don't know. But if you're going through something, don't pretend you're not. God's there, and he's also given us each other as that comfort as well. We are supposed to be that community within each other as the church. So when you are walking through the valley of the shadow of death, or the darkest valley, look around, walk through it with God see that he is standing right by your side and he is the one protecting you and comforting you in it. In verse five, it talks about God prepared a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. I never really got that verse. It didn't make sense to me. I was like, okay, and a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. What am I bragging that I have food? I never really got it I did some research on it this week, and some, some other points that other people, I don't know who they were, they were just some articles that I read. A point that one of them had brought forth was that they were eating with the Lord in the presence of their enemies, and the enemies all around and they can't touch you, that, that God is just giving you the safe space to be nourished and fed into despite, despite the enemies around you trying to get you right, that God is covering you in this safety, but not only that is nourishing you, is feeding into you, is giving you the strength to continue on. And he honors us by anointing our head with oil. In those days, a shepherd would anoint a sheep's head with oil to keep away bugs that were most likely going to kill a sheep by infection or whatever, It was a form of protection, a form of keeping them safe from the enemies around them. For them, it was bugs. For us, it's a lot of other things. The anointing of our head with oil is such a peaceful statement. It's God just giving us this this safety, this protection, and it, in turn, can lead us into a space of peace and joy is when we're not worried about what's around us, when we're focusing on God, the peace comes. Can I explain what it's like? No, because I don't tangibly know how to explain peace. I just know it's beautiful. And it's something that I hope each and every one of you experiences as well. When we were singing today, we were singing the last song, And the lines, the chorus, once again, I look upon the cross where you died. I'm humbled by your mercy and I'm broken inside. Once again, I thank you and once again, I pour out my life. Reading this passage and this this chorus, this chorus is written from the perspective of after the death and resurrection of Jesus. This passage is written before that perspective. And both have a very similar theme of it's not about us, it's not in our strength, but in God's strength. And our job is to be accepting of it and to be grateful and to just live in it and to pour out our lives. The last verse of Psalm 23 says, Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. we're pouring out our lives and He's pursuing us all of our life, we're gonna be having a relationship with Him, an intimate kinship, because we are His children. We are family. And it's just, that's a much stronger bond, especially when you choose to pursue that relationship, than than we often see, or than we often choose. And it's just, oh, the word surely gets me every time I read this. There's all of this, David's talking about his enemies, talking about how God's protecting him, and surely, like, it's just never failing. Like, it's an obvious statement. Like, surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. It's, it's not like a question like, will your unfailing love pursue me? It's not a, therefore, I think your unfailing love will pursue me. It's, it will, it is, and it's not stopping. It's not just today or tomorrow or next week, but your entire lives. And so I would just encourage us that if God's goodness and unfailing love is pursuing us, what are we doing in turn to pursue him? I'm going to encourage you guys to also, whatever area of scripture God is leading on your hearts, to just read through it this week. Whatever it is, to just read through it over and over and see see what God is calling you to in that. To end today, I want to read it again. I want to read this passage one more time. And I want us to just think on it. If you are comfortable, close your eyes and imagine Imagine the description that David is giving forth here. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me.
0: We ask you to stand up for the final song.
3: benediction is from Romans chapter 15. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.
0: Join us with the chorus one more time. <laughs>